This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. The Acts is a big book. Um, I guess I forgot about that section on Zechariah and Zechariah. <coughs> it was an honest mistake, I think. But yeah, anyways, good morning. Um, first, I want to do something. Pastor Brian told me to do this morning. He texted me and encouraged me. And he wanted me to tell you that Pastor Brian and Carmen said hello. And he's looking forward to being back next week and, and fellowshipping with us. So I've got that out of the way. And you'll hear it on the tape, I hope. The, uh, I want to pray quick. Father, thank you for the opportunity to serve you, Lord. I thank you for Pastor Brian, Lord, and the others here that, that see godly potential in me, Lord, and give me an opportunity to serve you in a way, Lord, that I feel called to do. But Lord, we pray that you would, you would be here with us, Lord, that you would anoint this message, you would anoint me, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you would set our hearts on fire for Jesus. And Father, we give you the glory and all our praise in Jesus' name. So, praise God. So yeah, last week, it was interesting, Pastor Jim did a message that plays very well with the message that the Lord put on my heart. The message that I'm doing today is not the message I actually told Pastor Brian I was going to do. And... <laughs> And I actually emailed him the message uh, a few weeks ago and asked him, hey, can you read this, make sure that you agree with it? Because I'm new, I'm sort of in training. And, and so when he asked me two weeks ago, Pastor Jim, what are you going to preach on? And he asked me what I was going to preach on. What I said was not what I emailed him. And he sort of looked at me for a second like, okay, that's good. Um, but I went with what God told me. And, and after hearing Pastor Jim's message, it was incredible. Because my message is on serving, but it's on seeing godly potential in ourselves. The title of it is Seeing Godly Potential. And what I mean is seeing godly potential in ourselves. And seeing godly potential in others and those around us that we serve with at church. And I believe that this is a message that God paired this up because Pastor Brian didn't tell us what we had to preach on. He just said, go with what God tells you to do. And so we did. And I believe God is sending a message that about service and having a servant's heart. But what I've seen when God put this on my heart is things that stand in the way, things that got in the way of me believing and following what God put on my heart to do for him. And so 15 years ago, oddly enough, 15 years ago this weekend, I gave my life to Christ. It was two weeks before 9-11. I can always remember when I gave my heart to Christ because it was two weeks before 9-11, which we celebrate every year or we talk about, remember. So just happens to be about two weeks before 9-11. So two, 15 years ago, when, the, when I accepted Christ, I would have never believed that I was going to be here. And part of that is, is the first point that I have, and that is that doesn't my past disqualify me? Right? I mean, I remember thinking about what I did. Now, I might not, this is how God put it on my heart. I might not know your sin, but believe me, I know all of mine. Okay? And even though that's not how God sees us, we have such a hard time forgiving ourselves. Right? Because we remember what we did. I might not know the motives of your heart for when you did something that offended me, but I know what mine was. And I know that it wasn't good. I've done things I'm not proud of. And, and so I have a hard time forgiving myself, and I have a hard time forgetting it. And when it comes to serving God, we think, God, how could you use me? Do you know my past? Do you remember what I did? Were you there when I 
said that to my kids? And not only that, but maybe you did something even after you were saved. After you were saved, and it's like all of a sudden we're supposed to be, I mean, yeah, the word says be holy as I am holy. But, you know, I don't think there's a day goes by that I don't thank God and, and repent for something that I did. There's days I want to gouge my eyes out. So it's God sees you differently than you see yourself. He sees me differently than I see myself most of the time. God sees potential in me. Yet while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. Because he saw the potential of a life that was surrendered to Christ. He saw if we surrendered, if, he, if we surrendered to him and he lived in us, that we would be changed. So, so one of the things I want to talk about is a story about a guy named Saul from Tarsus. Who we probably maybe know him better as, as Paul. As the Apostle Paul, even though he wasn't one of the first 12 apostles, he became an apostle after his road to Damascus conversion. So I want to read, um, and this might not be in the notes that I sent, um, it's Galatians chapter 1, verse 13. It says, For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church with beyond measure and tried to destroy it. He wasn't trying to destroy a church. He was trying to destroy the church, the body of Christ. His goal was to stamp out Christianity. That's the guy that wrote more than half of the New Testament books. That's the same guy that God used to pray for the sick and see them healed. He was a, he was a phenomenal missionary. He planted all kinds of churches for God. And this is the same individual that tried to destroy the church. He had a past, just like you and me. He had a past, and it wasn't a very good one. I mean, you think about God can use that. And it's not about that. I mean, he was the same guy that in Acts chapter 7, verse 58, they talk about Stephen being stoned. And the witnesses that were there laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. He stood there and approved of a man who was giving testimony to the life of Christ, trying to win people to the, to the kingdom, and he approved of him being stoned. Now think of that. I mean, I've done some bad things, but I, I haven't ever killed anybody. Um, but you know what? And, and I was getting ready for this, and I know there are people here. As I was preparing this message, God put people's faces in my mind. Your past does not disqualify you. You might think that you're a mess, but you know what? God will use it. He'll use your past hurts to minister to other people who are going through similar situations. Because you can testify to the fact that God was with you through it. And that he didn't abandon you. You can be a witness to that person that is in the valley that's going, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't feel you in my life. Your word says you're here but I don't feel you. And you can testify to them that, you know what, the Lord is here and he will get you through it. He loves you. So it's not as much that, that we're a mess. If everybody was disqualified because of their past, we wouldn't be having service today because we all have a past. But I think a lot of times we, maybe we use it as an excuse. But you know what? God sees you differently. He sees his potential in you. 
when you submit to him, when you humble yourself, and you realize that it's only through Christ, and it's only through him that we can do anything. I'm here by the grace of God. I should have, I should have been, I don't know, I, I, I feel like I was worthy of being judged. Um, but you know what? I want to tell you a story about a guy that, uh, that used to go to our church here. A bunch of us got together and we went to Canada to go fishing. It was a blast um, after we got past the border in Canada. So we get to the border and, uh, and Dave Radinoff is serving downstairs today so he can't, uh, he went with us. And we get to the border, we hand the border agent um, our passports. And, you know, okay, this should be easy. I've, I mean, I've been across the border probably a dozen times before this. I've never had a problem. Well, he comes back to the car and says, you know what, um, we'd like to talk to you gentlemen. Would you please park over here in our nice parking lot and come inside? And so it's like, uh-oh. So we go inside, sit down, wait for a while for somebody to come up and talk to us and tell us what's going on. And the gentleman walks up to the counter and he goes, opens up a passport. Of course, we all look the same from the back. Mike? And I'll, there were two mics on this trip. Okay, and I'm like, uh-oh. Now, what do they think I did? And he goes, then he said the last name. I won't use the last name because it, I don't have his approval to say what happened. So he went back in the back room. He disappeared for about 15 minutes. We're all like, what's going on? Well, it turns out he comes back out, and we're like, Mike, why do they want to talk to you? He, he had, when he was a, a young man, 18 or 19 years old, he had a drug issue. And to take care of those, to, to buy his drugs, he stole things. So he got arrested. He had a record. Um, and it must have been a felony record because if it was misdemeanor, they probably wouldn't have called him in the back. So he had spent some time on the wrong side of the bars. But 35 years later, this guy, we knew him as a pastor. Mike. Now, it's not Pastor Mike Huskins. Let's see, you guys are trying to figure out who it is. It's not Pastor Mike Huskins. Um, but... We knew him as Pastor Mike. We didn't know the old, the old Mike, the one that went to jail. If you'd asked me if that was the same guy, I would have told you never in a thousand years would I guess that was something that he did. But you know what? God used him mightily here to do a celebrate recovery program that ministered to a lot of people. And I mean, did a great time. So in any case, we made past the border. Um, had a great time fishing. I got heat stroke. Um, had to leave early. I'd rather forget about it. The, uh, so, so everybody has a past, guys, and I want you to be encouraged. That doesn't disqualify you from serving. It doesn't disqualify you from leading a Bible study. It doesn't disqualify you from serving downstairs. It doesn't disqualify you from anything that the Lord, you believe the Lord's called you to do. The second reason I think that that people sort of look at themselves and, and use as, well, I can't do this, or maybe is that I don't feel qualified. I know how that feels. Now, i got to get up here and preach after a Pastor Brian, or Pastor Jim, I think, did a great job last week. Um, but you know what? When Pastor Brian preaches, he is, he's like a house on fire. I mean, it's like, really? i got to follow that? That's what I'm going to be measured to? So I, I don't feel qualified. I mean, it's, it's, we're blessed to have him. Um, and and he is, he's mentored me for 15 years. 
And, and I got to thank him because, you know what, he saw godly potential in me even when I didn't. And that, you know, the Lord told me that's the quality of a, of a real pastor. And he has to see the, the godly potential in everybody, no matter what they've done. He's got to see that in them. Because if he can't, then he's no good. Because he'll never encourage them to reach for the stars, to do things that only God could do in a transformed life. And so that, because that's what I want to do, I see myself as in that type of role. I believe God did that. It called me to that. And so I believe God showed me that because he needs, I need to know it. So, but I don't feel qualified to do it. But I think I'm in good company. Here's some things that I wrote down that why I didn't feel, personally why I didn't feel um, qualified to do it. I don't know my scripture. I, guys, I can prove it. See the yellow? Those are the scriptures. That's why I can't miss them. Right? And it's, and it's in big text, so it's easy to read. I've only been saved for six months, maybe a year. So how could God use me? I'm just a baby Christian. I'm too young. I mean, I'm only 15 or I'm only 18. How could God use me to minister to an old guy like Jim? Pastor Jim, he's, I mean, right? Well, that's right. Two more weeks. Thanks, now we know when to send you one of those year 60, huh, cards. Um, and here's one of my favorites. I, I don't have a, a bachelor's or a master's or a PhD in theology. I don't. Um, but you know what? I'm in good company, and so are, so are you. I mean, I thought about this, right? I'm thinking, well, who are the apostles? Who are the apostles? I mean, there were no shortages of Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes in the day of Christ. There were plenty of them. Not one of them, of the 12 apostles, though, was a Pharisee. These were the men of that day that knew the word. That was their full-time job. But not one of them was called to be an apostle. And to me, that speaks volumes. And here's what God told me. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things because that shows off who God is. Because you couldn't do it in your own strength. You couldn't do it in your own knowledge. And that's okay because then God gets the glory and not me. And that's the way he wants it. God is a jealous God. He shall share his glory with nobody. Right? That's who God is. And so he uses the brokenhearted, the ones that feel like they've been thrown away by society because they come back and it's only by God's grace that we're able to do that. So when I did this, I was thinking, what is it that gives me the ability to do this? It's God's grace. It's God's grace. And I realized God's grace is for more than the day of my salvation. Yes, I'm saved by faith and grace alone so that no man can boast. Okay, that's true. I believe it. But you know what? Grace is not just for 15 years ago when I gave my heart to Christ. It's for more than that. And when I started looking up grace, I'm trying to figure out, God, where I really want to get a definition of grace. So I went to my study Bible. I have several Bibles. Um, but I, I found this in my study Bible. Grace, God's unmerited favor, which we all have heard, is that indeed a manifestation of his power, ex 
exceeding what we could achieve or hope for by our own labors. And not only is it mighty in effect at our salvation, it is also a God-given resource that makes possible holy living. When our life, circumstance, or character is under fire by the adversary, God's grace becomes his enablement to empower, to achieve his plans, endure hardship, and access him. And that goes on and it says, his grace facilitates our ability to conquer every weakness as we yield to an absolute trust or reliance upon God, trusting, in his, trusting his heart even when we can't trace his hand. Grace is more than for your day of salvation. If you're going to get something today, please get this. God's grace is for you every single day. And it's not just, guys, this is not just for me when I'm up here on the pulpit. Every day when I go to work in the morning, I ask for God's grace to do whatever it is that I'm going to have to do that day. I mean, I ask for God's grace to raise my children. Grace is an empowering presence of God in your life. The Holy Spirit, the same Spirit, the same Spirit that is in Pastor Brian, the same Spirit that, is in, that was in Paul, the same Holy Spirit that was in the apostles, the power of God, the grace of God will work through you when you, when you give him a chance, but you've got to give him a chance. If you don't serve, if you don't participate, then how's God going to work? Right, we, have to, we have to trust God. We have to trust him even when we can't trace his hand. When we don't see God in our life, but we believe that God's told us to do something, we have to do it. And I'll be honest, I have failed at this at times. There's a time that we were, my wife and I were in Ikea, and a, and a lady walked by us, and I got to tell you, I went from, come on, look at the stuff on the shelves, oh, wow, isn't that cool, to in the spirit in a second, bam. And I started praying in the spirit, and I knew that God wanted me to talk to this lady. I knew it. And I mean, it wasn't a question. I knew it. And I made excuses not to. I said, well, Lord, if I see her again, if I see her again, you know, somewhere else in the store, then I know it's you. Sure enough, we see her again later on in the store. And I'm like, man, Lord, I'm a, what am I going to say? I don't know what to say. I don't even know her name. I mean, she doesn't know me. Are you sure you want to? Well, by now she's gone. And I'm like, well, if I see her again, guess what? I saw her at the checkout. Really? I, guys, this really happened. And then I'm like, well, I'm like, she's, she's like in this other line, Lord, and I don't want to go over there and talk to her. Come on. You know what? That's, so I'm feeling bad. She's left. She walked out the exit. And meanwhile, my wife, has, she has to go to the washroom, Right? So where do I wait for? Right in front of the exit. And while I was in line, I said, Lord, if she comes back in the doors, I'll talk to her. Guess what? She walked back in the door. And I'm like, okay, God, you really want me to talk to her. because And, and what's really bad, she walked in the door, and I, I swear to you this is the truth. She walked in the door, and she looked like she was looking for somebody. And I didn't say a word. And when I got back to the car, I wept. I wept because I knew that God wanted me to speak to her. And I didn't. 
And boy, I, I knew, and guys, I know that I failed God that day. I know it. I know to this day that I did it. But you know what? I press forward. In Philippians chapter 3, it says, Paul says, I press forward to the high calling of Christ in my life. I forget those things which are in the past. I have to, because if I keep remembering it, and I let it control me, I won't serve God the way that he wants me to. If I, it's okay to learn from it, but I can't let it chain me down. I can't let it control my actions. I have to remember and learn from it so that I can move forward in Christ. Because you know what? God says in his word that I'm a new creation in Christ. That the old has passed away, behold the new. He says in Psalm 103 verse 12, he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sins from you. Now, Reverend Dave taught me this one. I got to give him credit. Okay? I remember him teaching a class where he says, he explained that. And in reality, that's a definition of infinity. That's a definition of infinity because the world is round. Now, when this was written, there were still flat earth people, which because I'm a conservative, they say I'm that. I'm a flat person person people person, right? Flat earth person. But, but there were people that really thought the earth was flat. But God, because he's all-knowing, he's omniscient, knew it was round because he made it. So now we know that the earth is round. And that means no matter how far east you go, you can always go farther east. No matter how far west you go, you can keep going west to infinity. You'll never stop. And so that's how far God has removed your sins from you and how far he's removed them from me. That's, that is just the truth. And what's amazing is that I bet you when they wrote this, they thought, this guy's crazy. I can only go about 1,000 miles to the west or 1,000 miles to the east. This guy's crazy. Now, I want to move on and talk about the, uh, the seeing godly potential in others. But I want us to remember that what we've learned and what I've spoken about about ourselves and apply it to the fact that God has no favorites that there's godly potential in everybody in everybody not just me it's for everybody everybody in this room everybody who's not in this room has godly potential everybody so and we know that God wants us even the lost right First Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 through 6. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that they may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and is pleasing to, in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. For there is one God and one, there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Guys, I know when we know that not everybody's going to be saved, but that doesn't mean that's what God wants. So we, everybody has potential, and that's how God sees it. Saved or unsaved, we all have potential. The, the problem is, is that those who aren't saved don't have a relationship with Christ. And that's where we come in. And why serving is important. That's why, that's why we're, we have this message about serving. Because as we serve, the, Lord, the word says that they'll know you by your love for one another. And we have to hang out together to really grow in our depth and in love. 
because that's, that's where fellowship is made. There's people, I've run into guys that I went on missions trips with that I haven't seen for a decade. And when I say hi to them, my heart beats crazy because I serve with them. And it, and it was a tough, you know, serving in the mission field is tough. And so we had a phenomenal bond with some of these guys. There's, and I, I ran into a guy in, in Woodman's that I haven't seen for a decade, and it was like we never, never were apart. Um, and I think C.S. Lewis, there's a, a quote I want to read from you from C.S. Lewis. Um, it's from The Weight of Glory. And C.S. Lewis understood this. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. And their life is to ours as a life of a gnat. But it, is, but it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, exploit to immortal horrors or everlasting splendor. Everybody we talk to, everybody, is either going to spend eternity in the presence of the Lord or away from him. And so C.S. Lewis understood this. And that's what should motivate us when we see people and realize that they have, an, they have godly potential. Even when they're blaring their music, they're, guys, don't take this wrong, but they got tattoos everywhere. I, I'm not a tattoo person. I'm not saying it's bad, but I might have looked at people before and thought, man, they've got too many piercings, and man, they're different. But the word teaches us not to judge according to, out, to the outside appearance but to judge with righteous judgment. It's not how they appear. It's not how they look. Because God tells us that, listen, we're to, to judge with righteous judgment and not on their appearance. So that's, the, that's, that's something that I've been guilty of as well. But I think God is, I mean, that's cool because that person turns around and, and, and then they can reach people that I could never reach. So what's interesting is that I wonder how people would see me if they knew my past. Well, I mean, I, I've talked about how I see myself and how I struggle, but what if you knew me from the past? Like, if you knew my name used to be Saul. And sometimes I think he changed his name because he was a new creation in Christ. I mean, I can't say that, but I'll tell you what, it's certain, it makes sense to me. Now, Ray, I'm going to bring up our past. Forgive me. Ray is a man of God. Um, I love him. But the Lord put this message, this story in my heart. Years ago, when I was a younger man, and I could run, I used to play 12-inch softball with Ray. And we were, our team was sponsored by Barrington Pools. And a bunch of guys from Barrington Pools were, were on the team. I was on the team. A bunch of our friends were on the team. Ray was on the team. And uh, guess what the name of the team was? Brew Crew. <laughs> we were the Brew Crew. You remember that? I, I do. I actually got reminded me of it last night. Um, we were called the Brew Crew, and we lived up to our name, okay? And that's why I said, Ray, I love you. Ray's a man of God. He's a changed man. He's a new creation. And I'm not just saying that to be nice. It's the truth. So am I. But if you knew me then, I wonder, like Marty, what would Marty think if he saw me up here preaching? He'd probably fall over. That's if he didn't burst into flames when he walked in the door, right? So the... <laughs> I mean, guys, I've actually had people tell me that. I can't go to your church because I burst into flame. And I say, no, you wouldn't because I didn't. I know that God loves you. But, you know, if you guys knew me back then and you saw me up here now, you'd say, just like when I was on that fishing trip with, with this Pastor Mike, you, 
wouldn't recognize me. But you know what? That's what the word says. I'm a new creation, and so are you. If you've given your heart to Christ, you're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold the new. Don't let it control us. And don't let it control how you think of somebody else. If you learn about something that somebody else, or you see somebody else do something that is, in your opinion, wrong, it's, you know what? They're going to repent of it. If they repent, God forgives them, and we, and we move on. And hopefully we all learn from it. But we're going to serve together, and so we're going to see these things. We're going to, eventually you'll find out all the bad things about me, and hopefully you'll still see some godly potential in me. But uh, if I don't scare you away. The, uh, so that's really, um, that gets me to my next and last point, um, is ministering to one another. God really put on my heart, he put a vision in me. Yesterday morning I was here praying, and, uh, and, and I was worshiping God by myself. I got here at 6 a.m., brother. There's nobody here. And, you know, that's okay. I didn't, put out a, I didn't send out an email. But I was, I was worshiping God, and God showed me, gave me a vision of what I believe he wants for our church. And in the vision that he gave me, remember at the beginning of the service when the worship band, which did a phenomenal job, and what a sweet presence of the Lord was in here. How we were standing up. Some were standing up, some were sitting down, but all of us, all of us were worshiping God together in unity. We were all singing the same song, the same words. We were all worshiping God together. And the Lord said, Mike, imagine if you serve together the same way you worship together. Imagine if everybody worshiped God through service together in unity, depending on the grace of God to give us the ability to do whatever it is that God's called us to do. If we saw godly potential in one another, if we saw godly potential in ourselves, so that we would believe that God could use me for the impossible. So that I would believe that God could use my neighbor for the impossible. And if we all work together to reach out and to serve and to love one another, the things that God could do in here would be incredible. We would see the Acts Church. We would have all things in common. And then the Lord said, you know why the God First Life series is so important? Because if you live the God First Life, you will see people differently. You will see yourself differently. It will change you. If you put God first in your life, if you live your life God's way, it will change the way that you see yourself, and it will change the way that you see me and how I see you. And we'll serve together, and we will reach the nations for Christ. This place will be packed. We'll see miracles, wonders, and signs because the grace of God which all of us will be depending on to serve and to do good and to love one another will fill this place. And that's the vision God gave me. And I, I mean, I'll be glad, honest, guys, that was yesterday morning. And all by myself, and I was like, I just sat here and I wept. That's what God wants. We, we need to see our godly potential in each other. And Here's a song. I, it's just incredible what God's done. I was driving to work Thursday, and I heard a song by Casting Crowns. 
And I was like, man, that's a good song. And I went online at work, and I clicked on it. And then, but you know, on the side, it has these other songs. And there was one there by Matthew West called Mended. I highly recommend that you listen to this. I'm not going to sing it, because if I did, y'all would run away. <laughs> my wife can sing. I cannot carry a tune to save my life, unless God enables me to. But I want to read to you, and um, cool. I, I gave this to the tech team. If they've got this up here, praise God. Thank you, guys. In this song by Matthew West, it says, When you see broken beyond repair, I see healing beyond belief. When you see too far gone, I see one step away from home. When you see nothing but damaged goods, I see something good in the making. I'm not finished yet. When you see wounded, I see mended. You see your worst mistake, but I see the price I paid. No, there's nothing you could ever do to lose what grace has won for you. So hold on. It's not the end. No, this is where love's work begins, the cross. I'm not... I'm making all things new, and I will make a miracle of you. I, my wife can tell you, I sent her this email on Thursday. I had this message written two weeks ago. I heard, the, I, I heard this song before in the car, but I never connected it. But when I saw it online, they had the words on the video. And when I saw them, I was like, wow. That's my message in a song. And... And that's how God works. He's, he's pouring out his spirit. The same Holy Spirit that's in Matthew West is in me. And I got the same message, but he put it into a song, and I put it in, into a sermon. And that's how God works. He wants us to know that we can do the impossible through his grace, and that it's not the end. That when you think, the next time you think that you're disqualified, remember that God sees you differently. What you see too far gone, he sees one step away from home. So, I mean, that's really, I mean, that's my message. Um, I hope that you were blessed by it. Um, the, uh, guys, it's we hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church in the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org. Or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.